Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Wrapping up Black History Month. Let's go. Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. Hey, I'm finishing off this Black History Month right. Four episodes this month. Give another shout out to me. And it's the short month. You know, they only give us 28 days for Black History Month, but I still managed to do four podcasts this month, four podcasts in January. I'm back on my grind. No signs of slowing down. I hope you all enjoyed the episode I did with Mark last week. Very informative. I really enjoyed that one. That was just a great, a great episode just to take part in that conversation. I look forward to having more of those types of conversations in the future with future guests. So if anybody ever wants to come on and talk race and religion, politics, whatever, let me know. I'm always open to having guests on. See how that phone situation, right? Cause I had to switch SIM cards last week for that Mark call. Uh, I'm not sure if it sounded more clear or not. I might have to go back and listen to it, but I think it might've sounded a little bit better. Not to say the other ones didn't sound good with Jackie and D'Angelo, but this the Nokia phone I got. I know if you guys don't know about it, but it's just the call the call quality is not the best. So I will sometimes have to go back to the Motorola. But I'm working through it. I'm thinking maybe maybe if I do like the WhatsApp call, it might sound better because that's like Wi-Fi calling. So I'm not sure. I'm a tinkle <laughs> tinkle pause. I'm gonna tinker with a few different things. And uh, see if I can get this situated so I don't have to keep switching my SIM card out every time I want to call people. But needless to say, I'm powering through today. Got a slight headache. I went hard this weekend. Give you all a little recap of that. So me and Mark and Domain went to the UCF women's 
basketball game this past Saturday. And the reason we went is because me and Mark and Domain actually, we're all starting to get into like women's college basketball, or maybe I'm starting to get into it and they've already been fans of it because Domain and Mark know more than I do when it comes to women's college basketball. But I ain't going to lie to y'all. I've been watching the women's game more than the men this year when it comes to college basketball. I don't know why. I'm not as into the men's college basketball. I mean, I follow Temple, but if they don't make the tournament, I don't know. It's not really much there for me. You know I ain't really been a Kentucky fan since Calipari got there. I feel like the program just isn't the same. But I've been getting into the women's sport when it comes to college basketball. I think we're talking about doing some college softball games too. But we went to UCF women's game on the east side in Orlando and they were playing Cincinnati. And the reason, like, I got into this and I, I broached this idea with Domain and Mark, like, hey, we need to go check this out. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but the UCF women's college basketball team is really, really, really good this year. I'm talking about they are 21-3. and three. Give them a bomb. This UCF women's team, like, they were 20-3 and three going into the game. And I was like, hey, we have to go watch them play just because I feel like this could be something special. And we could be like, hey, we were a part of history. or We, we just witnessed something special as far as a team and a magical season. So I, I rounded up them. We went to the game. And it was, it was just a great atmosphere in there. It was a really good amount of fans. I mean, it wasn't sold out or anything. But it was a solid amount of fans in there especially for like a Saturday afternoon, you know, a lot of people have different things to do. And uh, we live in Florida. Well, they live in Orlando. I'm Titusville, but there's a lot going on in Orlando on a weekend. So a lot of things vying for your attention. So just to have that turnout, I thought was pretty solid. And it was pretty dope because you pay $6 for any ticket and you sit basically wherever you want. It's not like they assign seats like the normal basketball game. So we were like one or two, I think we were like two rows from the floor and we were thinking like how could we get courtside if it's like six bucks but it seemed like they had a courtside lock like <laughs> you couldn't just walk and sit down courtside but even to be two rows up I thought was really dope and just seeing the action like these girls played hard these women I'm sorry they played hard and I think the main takeaway I got from the UCF women's team is that they hustle and that's why they're that's probably why they're 21 and three is because they they play hard man like at the end of the first quarter, the score was like 33 to 6 or something like that. They were getting so many uh, loose balls, a lot of turnovers converted into points, fast break points, hitting threes. They ended up winning. Uh, I forgot what the final score was. I think they had like 70-something. or it might, They might have hit 80. I can't remember. But after that first quarter, they kind of slowed down because I felt like they kept trying to feed the ball into the post, and the girl in the post wasn't really hitting her shots. But when they when they were on that grind and forcing turnovers, like this team is gonna be hard to beat. They have solid guard play. Their point guard really a great floor general. Um, not not committing many turnovers, keeping everything under control. She had like a little crossover step back three to end the quarter. It was just man, electric atmosphere. The band was playing some good music. It was a vibe. They had a DJ in there. But you can't beat it for $6. So I tell everybody, especially if you have daughters, take them to a UCF women's basketball game. Probably not this season because they have one more game left. I believe it's tomorrow or it could be Wednesday. It's one of those days. But 
definitely next season, I'm going to try to gather more people to go to one of these games because it's important for just the women, like, for not the women, for the kids to see. For definitely little girls to see, like, these these women playing at such a high level and that, hey, I can be like them too. And I was trying to get, like, Mark and Domain to bring their kids, and it didn't happen. But next time, I hope that they can bring their daughters and maybe we can get some more friends to come and bring their kids and just let them see it. I was telling, like, Janine and Kayla to come out, bring their daughters, so. Yeah, definitely going to try to get a little group together to go to a game next season. If you know me, be on the lookout for that. Or maybe I'll even post it on Facebook because I'm returning to Facebook in about a week or two. Not sure of the exact date yet. I might come back March 9th, Biggie's birthday. Play a little Biggie and my stories. I don't know. We'll do something like that. But, yeah, after the game, we uh, actually chilled in the parking garage for like an hour and talked about this whole Russia and uh, Ukraine situation. Mark was breaking it down for me and Domain. Had some good conversations about that. Now, I'm not an expert when it comes to war, but I can tell you from what Mark explained to me, the main thing about this Russia and Ukraine thing, if, in case you guys are wondering why there's a beef, why Russia's trying to um, invade, this is the way it was explained to me, so I'll explain it to you. Russia is like, you know, they're a power in their own right. But Ukraine is like an independent country, city, country. I don't know what they are, but they're independent and they're not part of what's called NATO. I forgot what it stands for, but NATO is like this collection of all these different countries and they got each other's back, basically. Like U.S. is part of NATO, Europe and all that is NATO. So if something happens to anybody within NATO, everybody comes through and fights for them. And you got their back. But since Ukraine is not part of NATO, there's only so much that the NATO countries are willing to do when it comes to helping them. So I'm not sure if we're going to jump in and fight Russia for them. I don't think that'll happen. But what Mark was explaining to me is if Russia dares go past Ukraine, because they're probably going to take Ukraine over at this point. Although I heard their armies looking like very inexperienced. So... Who even knows if they'll be able to take over Ukraine? But if they do, from what I'm hearing, if they go past Ukraine into these other countries and try to enforce their will and take those over, that's going to be the problem. That's when everybody's probably going to jump in. It's going to be like a freaking Royal Rumble. But if it's just Ukraine, I feel like from what I'm hearing, Russia will probably get away with that. But if they get greedy and go for more, that's when it'll really turn into like World War Three is what everybody's saying. It's possible. So. Just keep watching the news. Be on the lookout for, like, whatever happens there. But I know they've moved into Ukraine slowly. And, yeah, just keep an eye out on that because it will affect a lot of stuff with the with the world and the country. Mark can explain all this better than me. But it was like an hour conversation. And it was just a really, really nice way to end that, that part of the day, the game, doing that. After that, I helped Mark with some stuff, helped moving. And then what did I do? Um, I went and hung out with one of my uh, old teachers from high school. Wow. Not old, but you know what I mean. Old, like we were, she was my teacher back in the day. I don't want to disrespect her. Shout out to Miss Samaki. Went to her house, had a great conversation again. She was doing a lot of the, um, not, is it, uh, what is it called when you tell somebody what their like birth month means and all that? Astrology, astronomy. I don't know. I get them confused, but she was doing like one of those, explaining it to me. We were just talking about life and stuff. And that was a good time to cap off my night. As you all know, I'm 38 years old, so this is pretty much how my weekends go at this point. Old head status, keep it simple, 
Went to my mom's house, went to bed, slept over there. Had an early uh, wake up on Sunday morning because we had brunch, a guy's brunch that Desiree put together. She's not a guy, but she put together a guy's brunch. I can't explain it. But we went to this place called Mia's on I Drive. It was like an all-you-can-eat Italian spot. It was pretty cool. Like, in the beginning, there was, like, a lot of confusion because I guess our waiter didn't understand how the all-you-can-eat thing worked, which they say was, like, his first time doing all-you-can-eat. And then we're like, this is this guy's first time waiting a table at all-you-can-eat because I guess they don't always do the all-you-can-eat. Maybe that's just a weekend thing, but they put him at a table with 12, 12 people, 13 possibly. I don't even know. We had a big table. And you could just tell the guy was overwhelmed. He's only bringing out, like, a personal pan pizza and, like, a little bowl of pasta. Like, we weren't getting the uh, correct amount of food that we should have been getting in the beginning. But then once we started complaining, because, you know, we all black, or most of us are black or Afro-Latino. So I think we had one guy, one white guy with us. But once we really, like, started complaining, hey, hey, what's going on here? Because, you know, Anytime you're black and, you, and you're not getting the correct service at a restaurant, you always wonder, like, is it because I'm black or is it something else? Maybe they don't know what they're doing. There's some mistakes being made, but we always got that in the back of our mind. And it's sad that we got to think like that. But once we started complaining, stuff started coming out faster. More food was coming out at a time because it was really ridiculous how much food they were bringing out in the beginning. Like, I'm telling you, it was like they brought us like two personal pan pizzas. And maybe one little bowl of pasta for, like, a group of 13 people. I was like, bro, this is not enough. But they got it together. Shout out to them. I still tipped them, like, 10 bucks on my my bill, which was, like, 36 So from now on, when I go out to eat, I'm tipping, like, above and beyond just because I know the service industry is hurting. And I don't go out to eat a lot. Like, during the week, I eat at home. I don't. I told y'all about how the Popeye situation went. So I'm not even motivated to go out to eat in my city anymore. So... I reserve going out to eat more for weekends now, but yeah, I gave him a nice tip. I understood he was, he was probably put in a position to fail. Like, I don't even think it was that, that guy's fault, but I did tell one of the other waitresses that came to our table, like you guys should have had two people waiting this table, like 12 people, you know, there's a lot of orders being put in. And then there was like bottomless mimosas that they were also giving us. I didn't do that. I just got a beer, but it was just a lot for them to handle. And they gave that poor little guy all that work. And I'm like, man, this is why I would not work in the, um, not fast food, but like the restaurant industry, hospitality. It's, it's tough, man. And a lot of people don't have that patience, but you know me, I'm a very understanding person. And like I told you, I waited at Popeye's for like 20 minutes and walked out without any food. I waited at freaking Taco Bell drive through for like 30, 40 minutes. So I have patience because I just, I know what these people go through and I feel bad for them, but it was cool, man. It was a cool time just hanging out with our friends. After that, I had to dip out early because um, I was celebrating my mom's birthday, so I had to go back home. Took her out to eat, and uh, I believe it was a Heathrow, which is like right next to Lake Mary. Bougie spot called Fishbone. Shout out to my mom. It's, it's probably a spot I would never go to by myself. But for her, she likes the nicer things in life, so I, I always try to take her to whatever restaurant she wants to go to for her birthday. But they, this other spot, man, they were kind of messing up, too. So my mom got, like, her meal, which was, like, a big old pork chop and some fish. And I guess she didn't, the pork chop wasn't cooked the way she wanted it, so she had to, like, send it back. And then I asked for a sushi, and I got a California roll. And anybody who knows sushi, a California roll is pretty basic. It's, like, crab meat. Normally, it's, like, fake crab meat. But here, they actually had real crab meat, so I was excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to get sushi with a real crab meat? 
So it was crab meat, uh, supposed to be avocado, cu- cucumber, rice, and there might have been one other thing in there. I can't remember, but they give me the 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 California roll, and I see like all the the crab meat, but it's like a little creamy, a little too creamy for my liking. So I'm looking at it. I'm asking the waitress, like, "Hey, hey, what's going on with this uh, California roll? Is that mayo in there?" She's like, "Nah, nah, ain't no mayo. It's it's a uh, price." cream cheese or some shit and i'm just like okay i mean that's still not good but i'm still looking at it deciding if i'm even gonna try to eat this because anybody who knows me knows i hate mayonnaise so i'm looking at it it just looks too creamy pause so i'm like hey i don't know what it is but i can't eat this i told her she's like well i'm gonna go ask the chef what it's mixed with and we'll find out she goes and asks the chef she comes back she's like it's cream cheese i'm like great i'm still not eating it because you know what the menu, when I looked at it, did not say cream cheese. It didn't say it had anything. I know California rolls normally don't have anything. And that's why I get it. It's the easiest sushi roll to make. You're not really going to make a mistake. So I had to take it back. I was like, all right, I don't even want it anymore. She's like, okay, um, do you want another roll? I was like, no, no, no. At this point, just give me some asparagus. Because I was still full. I was still full from um, the brunch. And this restaurant's a little pricey. So I was like, right, my mom's meals are already costing a lot. Let me just keep it light. And then the asparagus was 11 bucks. Like, it wasn't cheap either. But I was like, you know what? After eating bad the whole day, let me eat some vegetables. And I love vegetables. My mom's like, you're not going to eat any meat? Like, that's all you're going to eat? And I'm like, well, this is all a vegetarian would eat. They don't eat meat. So I don't think it's a big deal. But I ended up getting the asparagus. And then she comes back with that. And it's like grilled asparagus. But it has all this white stuff on it. Pause again. So I'm looking at the asparagus and I'm like, excuse me, man, <laughs> what's going on here? Is this butter? Cause it ain't melting. It ain't melting. So it's like, you know, what's that shit? That they call? I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. I couldn't believe this shit wasn't butter either. Cause it didn't melt. It just sat there and it was white and it was just, ugh, it looked disgusting. But she's like, Oh no, that's hollandaise sauce. And I'm like, what the fuck? All right. All right. I was like, clearly I said earlier that I don't like mayonnaise. Like we've gone over this. I can't eat this. So she was like, all right, I'm going to take it back. And then she brought me a new one. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. Like, I was, I was like inspecting that asparagus when she brought it back. Because I'm like, did they? I bet they just washed off the freaking hollandaise sauce and threw it back on the grill. But I couldn't prove it. And I didn't taste any mayonnaise. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to let it ride. But I'm sure that's probably what they did. Because I know how fast food or I know how restaurants work. Like, they don't like to waste food. And they probably already had to throw the sushi rolls away. So, yeah, I'm sure he just washed off that asparagus and threw it back on the grill. Whatever. I ate it. It wasn't bad. The bill ended up being like over 100, too. Like I told you, this is kind of a bougie spot. So if you ever thinking about taking somebody out to eat, um, be careful if you go to Fish Bones. It might spend some money, especially if it's a date. But I actually like Crafty Crab better when it comes to like seafood i think crafty crab is the best seafood spot just because that boom sauce i mean you've heard me talk about it on here before crafty crab is probably the best in the game reasonable price but it was cool like we wrapped the dinner up ended up going back to my mom's house and then i packed my stuff up to go home said my goodbyes and then desiree was like oh she hit me up like oh they're at um castaways now castaways ain't really my spot but every now and then i'll hit it up it's a local bar you know, I just wanted to, like, do something before I went home just to cap off my weekend because it was a pretty strong weekend for my standards. I hadn't really been out like that in a while, so stopped at Castaways on the way home. 
just for I, I plan on just staying there for like 30 minutes to an hour. Ended up being there for a good two hours, maybe three hours. Had a beer, saw some interesting stuff going down in there. Some people were um, running game. I'm not going to say any names, but it was a good time. Had a whole bunch of friends were there. Desiree was there. Larry's there. John Henley. Probably missing somebody. But, yeah, it was it was dope. It was dope out there. And then we ended up going to Gators Dockside to end the night. I haven't been to Gators Dockside in, like, 10 years, but whatever. Went in there. It was dead like I figured. I was like, all right, time to go. Dropped Larry off at home, and then I went home. And that was my night. But I woke up with, like, a slight headache today. Probably because just being out and drinking like that. Like, last week was my first time drinking, so. Drinking again this week. Two times this year. I don't know, man. Probably not the smartest decision. A little groggy this day. Honestly, probably going to keep this podcast short. But I just want to let y'all know how the weekend went. We'll run through some topics, though. Because I'm not going to, like, just leave y'all with no topics. So, a big thing that I've been talking to people about throughout, like, this past couple weeks is this idea I've come up with while talking to Dominique on the phone a couple weeks ago. And that is... That I think from now on, or at least when I go out with my friends to like bars and stuff, I'm going to go to Walmart beforehand and I'm going to buy a fake wedding ring. I'm going to buy a fake wedding ring and I'm going to start wearing it out and seeing if like these women start hitting on me because I'm like, they, everybody says like married people look more attractive to women. So I want to see if this is true. So my plan is to get a fake wedding ring and start wearing it out and seeing if women start hitting on me. Now everybody's like hitting me with all these questions. What are you going to do if you really want to talk to somebody? I'm like, all right, I probably won't wear a ring if I'm really trying to be serious with somebody or if I'm going on a date. But if I'm out with my friends and we're just trying to like holler at women, I think the fake wedding ring works that situation. Yeah, and if I'm like going up to somebody, I won't wear it. I'll probably have to take it off. But if somebody's coming up to me, then I know, hey, the fake ring is working. So I'm going to start trying it out over these next few weeks. I'll let y'all know how it goes. I talked to one of my friends who's married. He told me the fake ring. He said a wedding ring doesn't really work. He said women don't come up then, but I don't know. I'm interested to find out for myself. So keep listening out for my updates on how the fake wedding ring goes. I probably won't be able to use this until about when I start going out for Wind Down Wednesday and that St. Patrick's Day. So probably in a couple weeks, I'll have something to report back on. But I think it might work. I think it might work. I always hear like, Married people getting hit on, so I want to see if it's true. Now, what everybody told me is I have to come up with a story when women ask me about, like, my my married life. That might be the tough part. I had to come up with a story telling them how hard it is and we're going through some things. They're like, tell them you're separated. I'm like, nah, nah, that might make me less attractive. I got to make it seem like I'm still married. So I'm not going to say separated, but I'll be like, oh, yeah, we're going through some problems at home. And, you know, I'm just trying to get my mind off of it. And we'll see how it goes. Well, I'm, I'm kind of... Kind of confident in that. Oh, and you know what? My next topic I want to speak on. Because I don't feel like I ever do anything for the uh, LGBTQ community on this show. So I want to show some love to the LGBTQ community. Um, I think it's IA plus. Like, it's, it's a lot. I don't know all of the letters. I apologize. But I was in the Joe Budden Reddit because I like to read the comments in there about his show. And somebody posted this song and they posted it as like, as like a joke. But then when I went to listen to it, I was like, oh no, this shit kind of hitting. <laughs> this, this song's kind of dope. So it's an artist named, 
I think it's Ives or Eves, but it's Y V E S. And the title of the song is um, N Words Can Be Gay Too. So I wanted to play it for y'all on here. I want y'all to let me know if you think this song is actually good. Like, excluding if you believe, like, if you're like homophobic or whatever, like, it's not about that. I just want to know if you think the song is good because honestly, I didn't think, I thought it was going to be like some like corny song. But it was actually very catchy. And I'm like, nah, this guy got something here. He got something with this song. So I want to play it for y'all. Give me your opinions. Um, if you want to watch the video on YouTube, he has a video. Now, I'm not going to lie. The video gives me like Dave Chappelle Prince vibes. Like when there was Prince in the Revolution playing against Charlie Murphy in basketball. The video is a little goofy. But the song, I think the song, might, I think this guy might have something with the song. It's been out for like nine months. And it hasn't really blown up. It's like 90,000 views. But I think this is one of them songs that should be bigger than what it is. Just like Lil Nas X. I know everybody hated on him, and I was supposed to listen to that album. I never gave y'all a review on it. But I'm all about the music. If the music is good, I'm going to tell y'all, like, the music is good. No matter what I feel about the person, the situation, my views on it, I'm honest about everything. Like, you know what? I'm going to be fair to both sides. So if you make good music, I'm going to give you your props. And I think this song is good. Like I said, it's called N-Words Can Be Gay Too. <laughs> it is by Ives, I believe, or Eves. Let me know what you think, though. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, na, 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 na. Do it. Feelings you don't know 
There you have it. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the song or the funniest part to me is he said, if you think I'm on the gay shit, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> but man, I th- honestly think that's a good song. Like no matter what you think about gay people, I'm sure people are Jared's pushing the gay agenda. I don't give a fuck what y'all think. Like that's a good song. The video is funny, but the song slaps. Like if, if you just heard that in a club, you would probably be like, yo, this song's all right. Now, the words might not be for you, but look, like I said, I am going to be fair to both sides. Like, if something's good, I'm going to tell you it's good. That's a good song. This guy actually has some talent. I don't know why he hasn't blown up yet. And it seems like outside of, like, what, Frank Ocean, who is he gay or bisexual? And then Lil Nas X, who says he's gay, but a lot of people don't even believe he's really gay. The gay community, the LGBTQ community, doesn't have really another big name artist out there unless i'm missing somebody i mean i'm not probably in tune with everything that's out but i thought the brat the brat was um she just got married too shout out to the brat she just married uh her girlfriend now her wife but on the male side i don't think they have a lot of representation so i would like to see this guy ives eves I still don't know how to pronounce it um, right, but if anybody knows, let me know if I'm saying it wrong. But I'd like to see him kind of get his name out there because, like I said, he's very talented. The music is good. It sounds good. It doesn't sound, like, generic or, like, quickly put together. Like It sounds like he's put some time into this. He's taking his career seriously, so I'm rooting for him. Like I said, I saw this on the Joe Budden Reddit. Somebody had posted it making a joke. And I went and watched it thinking I'm going to laugh. And, and I mean, the video is, like I said, the video is a little funny. But <laughs> the video is not, it's not that bad. But you, it, like I said, it gives me Dave Chappelle vibes. But I thought I was going to laugh at it. And when I turned around, I was like, oh, this, actually a little, <laughs> this song is actually pretty good. And I went back and read all the comments on, under the post on the Joe Budden Reddit. And everybody was saying the same thing I was saying. Like, yo, this slaps. This is a good song. This is hard. This is dope. Like, so I was like, all right, I know I'm not alone. I want everybody, um, if you hear that song, though, reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think the song is good. If you think um, it's a little bit too much. I just want to hear some feedback on that. Let me, and you know what? Also tell me if you think that guy has a chance to be like a mainstream star. If you see the potential in him or if you just don't take it seriously. If you like the song, if you hate the song, if you think I'm pushing the gay agenda. Let me know what you think, no matter what. I want all opinions. All opinions are welcome. Moving on. This is a little bit late, but let's just talk about Jawan Howard real quick. He got suspended for the rest of the season for slapping or punching. I, don't even, I still don't know if it was a slap or a punch. They were in the handshake line after the game. He was mad about something the Wisconsin team did. So he ended up slapping the coach 
for the assistant coach after getting in an argument with the head coach. A lot of drama. People said he should have been fired for that. Personally, I didn't think he should have been fired. I know the argument, everybody's like, oh, he's supposed to be setting an example for the kids. And I agree with that, but that was just something I've never seen happen before. So I didn't have a, I didn't know what the correct punishment was because we've never seen it. But I mean, we've seen the, the, the kids fight in these games and stuff. So I said, probably suspend him for the rest of the season. I would have included the tournament and postseason play and all that. But he only got the rest of the season, which was like five games. So probably not even that bad of a punishment for what he did. But going forward, I think if another coach does it, you'll probably see harsher penalty just because now we have something to compare it to. But when these kids fight in these games, they get suspended for like a couple games. So unless you go in the stands, I feel like when you go in the stands, that's when they're like ready to like kick you out forever. But I wasn't mad at the punishment. Everybody tried to defend Jawan Howard in it. I was like, he has to know better. I don't care what his reasoning is. Oh, he put his, that, everybody's thing is like, oh, the guy put his finger in his face or he touched him, this and that. I'm like, why do everybody think that is going to work? Why? Like, when we think about the law and like going to jail and court and all that, like the judge don't give a fuck if you tell them, oh, this person pointed their finger in my face. That stuff doesn't work. That's why I always tell people you can't react to certain things like this. Like, oh, he called me the N-word, so I shot him. Like, no, that stuff's not going to work when you're going towards, an, you have to explain it to an authoritative figure. Like, so I didn't think anything Jawan Howard said was going to be a good excuse. And surprise, surprise, it wasn't like, now, I will say I am surprised there was nothing that happened to the white Wisconsin coach. I don't even think he got a slap on the wrist. Like, he definitely didn't get suspended. And he kind of did instigate it. I'll say that. But he didn't get any punishment. I would have liked to seen him suspend at least one game for his his role in it. Because he did start it, even though Juwan was probably already mad. And uh, there's a whole thing about getting rid of the handshake line at the end of the game. I don't think we have to go that far. This is an isolated incident. I mean, emotions are high, though, when you go through that handshake line. And actually, when we went to the UCF game, the Cincinnati team walked off the court. They didn't even do the handshake line. And we're not sure if they were mad that UCF was kind of showboating at the end because the point guard for UCF, she had some handles. So at the end, the girls, um, Cincinnati was playing, like, good defense on her, real close defense. So this girl in UCF starts like crossing her over and it looks like she wanted to dance and everybody starts standing up clapping like how right before Iverson crossed Jordan. If you ever watch that clip, you see the Sixer fans start standing. We all did that at this game because we thought this girl was about to do something. And she started getting into it and the crowd was doing it. She did a couple more crosses, but she didn't do nothing too crazy. Actually, no, she did. She crossed and then she drove to the hoop and got fouled. So Domaine was like, oh man, I hope nothing happens because that Cincinnati coach has got that UCF coach beat because Cincinnati had this, this um, Thick black woman as a coach, UCF coach, white lady, kind of skinny. We didn't like her chances if it went down, but the black woman from Cincinnati ended up walking off at the end of the game, no handshakes, nothing. So we think she might have been mad about that. And I guess if if we're talking about that in sportsmanship, yeah, we probably should get rid of these lines at the end, the handshake lines, but how about we just teach our kids sportsmanship and composure and all that and how to handle yourself and don't lose it because somebody made you mad. Like, we have to do a better job of just teaching them. And then maybe the other teams don't showboat as much. I know with the whole Michigan thing, they were mad because Wisconsin called a timeout at the end. But Wisconsin's coach, his reasoning for calling a timeout is because he said, 
Juwan and them were pressing us, and we almost got a 10-second violation or whatever, five-second violation. So he called a timeout to reset. And he, no, no, he said if he called the timeout, it reset, I guess, the time you have to get it across the court because he only had like a few seconds to get it across the court. So he got the full 10 seconds, and that's what Howard got mad at that timeout. But it's like, well, y'all are playing hard on defense at the end of the game. You can't get mad at the team for continuing to play hard on offense. I think that, just like with the UCF and Cincinnati thing, you got your girl all up in this girl's face, Gardner. Don't get mad when she crosses you. So if you want sportsmanship and all that, then fall back at the end of the game. Don't go so hard. Don't put them in a situation where they have to do something because why should they have to commit a turnover and give you the ball back, but you can't like lay off on them? So I, I kind of agree with Wisconsin's coach and his reasoning for that. But I will say, like I said, he instigated it in the line because Juwan just wanted to walk past him. He grabbed his wrist, started pointing at him, and that, that escalated it right there. So he is wrong there, and I thought he should have had some punishment. Um, let me see what else I have for you guys. Before I went to the game Saturday, I stayed up late Friday night and I watched the Medea movie on Netflix. It's called Medea Homecoming. And that movie, let me tell you, I've been reading like reviews on it and everybody's saying this is either the, the best Medea movie ever or the second best behind, um, I think family reunion, Medea family reunion. But this one's really, really good. It's really funny. And the difference between this one and all the other Medea movies is most of those other Medea movies are like PG-13. So there's light cursing and stuff. More geared towards a family. This one's not. This one's geared towards adults. A lot of cursing. More cursing than you've ever heard Tyler Perry do in a Medea movie. And just a lot of jokes, man. A lot of jokes. They touch on a lot of the racial issues that were going on with the police brutality. Black Lives Matter. Defund the police. Like They touch on a lot of different things that were current. And I just thought it was a really great movie. Not many low parts that I can even think of. I enjoyed it from start to finish. And I watched that actually over watching the second episode of the Kanye West documentary, Genius, spelled J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S, I think. I don't even know. Spelled somewhere like that. Maybe Y-U-S. I don't know. But I watched that on Thursday, and that is phenomenal. I've been telling everybody I'll listen that Kanye West doc, no matter how you feel about Kanye West right now, that is an incredible documentary. At least that first episode. I still have to go back and watch the second episode. First episode was incredible, man. I'm telling you. Just telling the story of it, where he where he came from, how he got into like the whole hip-hop thing. Well, it shows kind of when he's already in hip-hop, but how he became like Kanye, a solo artist instead of a producer. If you're a hip-hop head like me, it's a lot of hip-hop history in this documentary it's worth watching for that alone but just the family stuff that it shows the, the moments with his mother oh my god so heartbreaking just watching it knowing she's no longer here but their interaction i see now why he is the way he is after losing his mother like he's not the same person and that took a lot out of him man that took a toll on him and you can just see how he respected her so much he listened to everything she said she was probably the only one that could really control him and calm him down. So Donda West not being here anymore definitely had a big impact on his life. But I encourage everybody to watch the Kanye West documentary on Netflix. I say watch Medea too, but definitely watch Kanye first because it's just phenomenal. It's, it's going to win an award. It's that good. And shout out to the guy who filmed him. I forgot his name, but this guy had the, the intuition, I guess, 
to drop everything he was doing and fly to New York and move to New York just to follow Kanye around with a camera, man. Like that type of stuff is how you can tell like somebody's really passionate about something and believes in something they're doing. Cause a lot of people be like, Oh my job or this, I don't have no money. Like this guy really risked all that. And hopefully he's getting compensated well for it with this documentary. I'm going to watch the second episode and then maybe next week I'll come back and talk about that. Actually this, the third episode drops this week on March 2nd. So I'll probably watch those too. And I'll come back and talk a little bit more about it next week. Do I have anything else to talk about? Oh, when we were out at dinner or brunch Sunday, my homeboy Rashad said something that kind of stuck with me. He said, you only die once. He's like, you live every day, but you only die once. So all this YOLO, you only live once. He was like, no, that's the wrong way. Everybody's looking at it the wrong way. Like F that you you only die once. Like, don't be scared to go out here and live your life and enjoy it. Cause every day, you have a day to live your life, but once you die, it's over. So just don't, you know, don't stay in the house all day and moping around and being sad. Like get out, do something, do some activities. I've been trying to do that more myself because I've been in the house like a lot, especially working from home now. So I just try to force myself to get out. And that was one of the reasons I went out this weekend, went out in Orlando, hung out with friends, saw a lot of people, had a good time. And then, you know, I've lost a few people over this past year. And once, once they're gone, they're gone until you meet them in the afterlife. So while you're here, enjoy every day. Don't be scared to live your life. And just know, like like I said, the Royce, the 5'9 album, Death is Certain. Speaking of Royce the 5'9, there's a lot of drama going on with them in Slaughterhouse. Man, I guess Crooked Eye and Joel Ortiz are doing their own thing. It's like the Death or oh, the Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse is their album that they're coming out with. And they just did a new song and video called Vacancy where they're basically talking about how everything fell apart with Slaughterhouse. Joe Budden and Royce are mad at it. I think the video's dope. The song is amazing. I'm probably going to buy the album just because I want to hear the story because the whole, I guess the whole album is about the rise and fall of Slaughterhouse, and I think that's a dope concept. From what I'm hearing, Joe Budden and Royce the 5'9 are not very happy about it. But, I mean, Joe Budden has talked about for the last however many years that he's done with Slaughterhouse. He doesn't want to rap. He did say he would like go back if they got off shady, but I don't believe it. I don't, I just don't believe Joe Budden is in the mindset where he wants to go out and do anything rapping or committing to that touring and all that. So I feel like it would have been too much drama for them trying to negotiate and get Slaughterhouse back on track. Not mad at cricket crooked eye and Joel, what they're doing. I'm not sure why Royce is not part of this. I guess they were saying Royce didn't want to be a part of it. If it was only three of them. And I can see that, but this is not really a Slaughterhouse album. This is a Crooked Eye, Joel Ortiz album, just talking about Slaughterhouse. But it seems like it's over at this point. The group is done. They burned the Slaughterhouse shirts in the video. It's kind of sad just to see it all because, like, I grew up a big Slaughterhouse fan. Or I was already grown, I guess, but seeing them in concert, supported them, bought all their music, downloaded all the mixtapes. So just to see it all coming to an end. No, we'll probably never get that Glass House album that was supposed to come out. A little bittersweet. But maybe one day they can all get back on the same page, reconcile. I mean, I've seen it happen with Goody Mob, my favorite group of all time. They broke up after World Party, and I didn't think I would ever see Goody Mob together again, and they've dropped two albums since. So I would say there's always hope for the future. But right now it's probably over, and I want to hear the album. I want to hear what it sounds like, what they're talking about. And I'm going to come back and tell y'all after I listen to it 
like what I think about that album. But yeah, go check that out, that vacancy video out. I guess his name is King Crooked now and Joel Ortiz. Check out the video with them. And then also, like I said, check out the video for N-Words Couldn't Be Gay too. Give me your opinion on all that. And Rashad said, you only die once, so make sure you're out living your lives, enjoying yourselves. If you see a girl you like, shoot your shot. Don't be scared to slide in the DMs. You miss 100% of the shots you never take. And I'm going to keep this episode pretty short today. I just wanted to make sure I got on here and gave you guys a little bit of something because... It was important to me to do four episodes during Black History Month. And it's going to be important to me to try to do four episodes a month going forward. So hopefully I can keep this pace up. I will throw a throwback episode up next week. Because you know I like to hit y'all with the throwback. So I'll throw a throwback episode up. I normally let that sit up for about a day or two. And then I put like the, the original episode, the real episode up. So look out for a throwback episode probably this weekend. Saturday or Sunday, I'll put that up, and I should come back next Monday and record a new episode. I'm going to end with a song by Showbiz and AG. If you don't know who they are, it was a rap group, a hip-hop group from back in the day, and they had a phenomenal album called Runaway Slave. If you've never heard it, it's an, it's an amazing album. I encourage you to go listen to it. Um, the stuff they're talking about is not really the Runaway Slave you're thinking of, they're more talking about being like a runaway, runaway from the hood and getting away from all that negativity. But it just fits into the whole theme of black history and all the songs I was playing that relate to blackness and the stuff we go through. So figured I'd end the show with this. It's called Runaway Slave by Showbiz and AG. This is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I thought I had the song queued up, but I didn't. So let me get it right. And it's Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'll be back. Next week.
But it's better than a Uzi and a brother man is dead. See, nine out of ten are black on black crimes. Four out of nine were killed before their prime. The other five wanted vengeance. So now five out of five are doing a jail sentence. Ask the giant, I've been through it. So when I reach to the top, I say the ghetto made me do it. And I know how to strive, huh? Born and raised in the ghetto, so you know I can survive. I gotta get away, run away, do it. Run away, slave. You gotta be tough We shall overcome with no doubt The runaway slave is saying peace And I'm out